It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosher of Bleacher Report. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And as always, I'm joined by the one and only Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Landon, how are you doing tonight, sir? Doing great. I'm ready to talk some football. We got some questions today, right? Yeah, we, <laughs> we've got some questions today. Some of these are truly awful. Uh, and some of you guys ask some pretty good questions, and some of these are absolutely terrible. But we're going to try oh, our man. best to get through. I know, I making the listener sound bad already. But I, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited. It, you brutalized oh, yeah, them it, up front. I want to hear. What, yeah, I want to hear what, what we got. You guys need to step up your your question game because this is pretty oh, pretty weak. I know. You just re- right. you guys just remembered to send all your complaints to at Marcus underscore Mosier and uh, yeah, that's make true. sure. All right. And I'll reply to every single one of them. All right, so let's go ahead and start with our first question from Tony Iosa, I think. Um, let's go. His first question is, it is day one of the new league year, and you control the Cowboys for one day, and you can make one decision, signing, trade, etc. Landon, what is your first move that you make? Well, well, for, I mean, I, the questions like this make me crazy because, like, I of course want to know all the parameters, and I and I've whenever someone asks me a question I said like this, these I always are bad. Have, I told you they're I know, bad. I, well, this this is actually a great question, but the problem is, is that I want to interface with the dude and ask him like four follow up questions in order to get my answer right. But, um, I, you know, I thought about this because we, you know, obviously we got these questions a little while ago, and I'm thinking about them. I I've struggled, and I and I've. I really have had a hard time trying to figure out what it would be. Um, and I, I, I think I figured it out. Um, but I, I don't know that everyone is going to, uh, uh, everything's going to, everyone's going to love it because, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely not. Well, anyways, I, I think that, uh, I think the Cowboys, if I had that one day and I was, uh, the GM, I love Scott Linehan. I love. I, I think he's done a great job for this team. Um, uh, here comes a butt. But if Gary Kubiak is interested in being an offensive coordinator only, suddenly, I'm making that phone call. Mm, you know, I like I, Kubiak. I, I, Kubiak's and good. let me tell you why. Let me just bring it bring it down a little bit. Why? Think about the kind of offense that Gary Kubiak used to run and think about the kind of stuff that he liked to do in his offense. You know, he was, I mean, if really you want to get into like that kind of the Denver days of, of, of Shanahan, the, the zone blocking system with, with, with bootleg and, 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 and rolling out and, and, and that combined with kind of a, a, a little bit more of a, a horizontal offense, a West coast offense, um, you know, as far as passing game goes, I just think that if think about Dak's skill set. And the players on this team, and the run game, and, and then also, you know, obviously the, the the propensity for this team to like to, pull, to run the zone game. I just, 
I think that Scott Linehan has done incredible wonders for this. This, and I'm not trying to kick him out or replace him in general. It's just that I, to me, Gary Kubiak wanting to be an offensive coordinator. It's like if Mike Shanahan decided, hey, I'd, I'd love to come back and just be an offensive coordinator. I would jump at that opportunity. Of course, you know. Right. Uh, I think Kubiak's that guy. Like I would love for Kubiak to be our play caller because I just think that more than Linehan. And again, I'm not even trying to replace Scott Linehan, but. More than Linehan, I feel like Gary Kubiak, uh, play calling style, sort of fits what the the strengths and weaknesses of this offense are. Yeah, I don't mind Kubiak. I I would think that if he's the the offensive coordinator here in Dallas, it probably means that Linehan got a, a head coaching job somewhere because that's probably the only way Linehan leaves. Correct. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I fire him. It's my okay. one day wow. for wow. goodness' sake. <laughs> so you'll fire Linehan, not Garrett. No, I um, don't fire him. I just, you know, I just, okay. I offer him a buyout or so. You know, I mean, come on, this is all hypothetical. I mean, what the hell? I, I'm, I'm becoming the GM for one day. What kind of, what kind of, uh, you know, team structure is that? Where, where you, uh, you allow one person to be the GM for one day? I mean, this is, yeah. this is all nonsensical. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dreaming here. I, I, for me, I would try to be a logical and realistic GM. Oh, shocking. Please. So I would work on a Zach Martin long-term contract on the first day that I got him there because he's the best guard in football, and I'm not having him leave. I and mean, then what my kind of answer is that? This is not, that's that not my, the answer that this guy is asking for, Marcus. My, I mean, second, my second move would be to trade for Julio Jones and Odell Beckham. But after I get okay, Zach Martin. Okay, there we go. Okay. Now, if you could just find an answer between those two, then maybe that, you'd have something reasonable. Oh All uh, right, let's go to our next question uh, from Brandon Gonzalez. This is my. This is going to be the one. Question. This is going to be the one that that actually we're going to argue about the most, probably. I assume. Uh, just, just, just right. putting that out there, right here. Brandon Gonzalez wants to know what is the best Quentin Tarantino movie. I will let you go first. We won't spend too much time on this, but we could do a whole podcast if we needed to. I actually don't think this is controversial. Actually, I, I mean, I, I kind of think that Pulp Fiction is his best movie. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I would agree. I, I mean, I think he's done a lot, and I don't think it, you know it's been all downhill from there by any stretch of the imagination. I haven't loved some of his last few movies as much as I love some of his earlier work. Uh, I, I mean, I, I still like them. I still think he's a fantastic director. Um, but I, I, I mean, I, I think the Pulp Fiction is pretty hard to improve on as far as its impact and and what it did to the industry and to film when it came out. Yeah, I love Pulp Fiction, but and that would be my number one. But, man, every time I watch Django, I absolutely love that movie more and more. So Pulp Fiction 1, Django 2, what's the third one? Well, Reservoir Dogs is my two, so. Okay. I I kind of like the Hateful Eight a little bit more than what people do, so I would put that three. I I know I'm kind of a contrarian there, but Trentino, best director out there. All right, let's go to our next one. Um, From at Michelangelo UE. Is it time to change our defensive scheme? I, you know, look, I saw this question when it came in, and um, no, I don't think it's time to change our defensive no, scheme. I, I, I mean, if you want to call your def- you want to change your defensive play caller, we can have that conversation, and I and I, I'm certainly willing to have, you know, the defensive coordinator conversation. I personally don't think we should get rid of Marinelli yet, um, but I, I'm certainly, you know, I, I think that that's a reasonable conversation to have. Um, but I, I think that, you know, the last few weeks we've seen the defense start to, to gel a little bit. Look, I kind of think as bad as the defense has been, we talked about in the offseason that a lot of this was to be expected. 
I mean, you know, just they're, you know, they're rotating out their entire secondary. So, you know, there was going to be some growing pains. And, and, you know, I think at this point, uh, we may be starting to finally get on the other side of that a little bit. And, and you know, I'm excited to see what we what 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 comes out this week uh, with where it looks like you're finally going to get an opportunity for all the young pups to get in there and, and to get start. Um, you know, they, they kind of did that last week, but now even more so with Skandrick very likely not to play. You're basically throwing your rookies and your first year corners out there, and they're the guys who are going to hold this whole the whole thing down. So, um, I, I think that that's to me, you know, it's exciting. It's going to get better from here. I, I'm actually still looking for the defense to take another step still, um, because you're going to get Sean Lee back, and and you know your defensive line is cooking still at this point. Um, and you're going to start getting a little bit better performance out of your back end, I think, with, with more talent back there. So um, I think that's that's my answer. What, what, what do you got? I just hate changing defensive schemes because it takes you so long to get the right players in the right situations. And I mean, it seems like you finally found a home for Demarcus Lawrence. You finally spot, found a spot for David Irving. I, I just hate moving these guys all the way around. I know people don't love Rod Marinelli, but... What Rob Marinelli can do for your team is he can build a average defense with with limited resources. And the Cowboys clearly want to put a lot of their resources into their offensive line. Um, they don't want to spend a ton of money on their defense. Uh, they want to spend picks there. I'm just not sure. Who do you go get? What defensive scheme are you going to run? And are you going to tell me for sure it's going to be better? Because... I like Rod. I, I, I think he's a good defensive coordinator. They've had some bad luck this year with some injuries. They've tried to rehaul their entire secondary, um, and they ran up against two really good quarterbacks in Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff, and people got down on them. So I don't, I, I, I'm fine with Rod Marinelli. I, I, I don't think they should get rid of him. I mean, we we got to be able to say wavelength here, right? I mean, there's there's is there really a reason to get rid of him at this point? I mean, is he look, so awful that you can't have him on your team? I, I mean, look, you, you, I have, I feel this way about all the coaching staff. So, I mean, and that's the thing is that I understand when people get upset and they they want to blame the coach and they think that firing the coach is, and getting a different guy in here is is going to make things better. But but at the same time, like you, the people that suggest that are already so impatient. That you know, a two or three games of losing, they can't stand it. They want to completely get rid right. of everything that's been built to this point. With the NFL, like there's so much luck and and outside stuff that's involved in this. The best way to have sustained success is to have an established program where your scouts know what your coaches want. Your coaches have a scheme that's easy to for the players to digest, and then you just go out there and do everything you can to win games week to week. And, and hope and just you know try to get better every single week and I know this sounds like Garrett speaking out of his mouth but I mean it, it it's not just Garrett that that follows this like that's sure. the thing that's so crazy to me that like everyone wants to talk about Garrett and oh he's just about the process dude go talk to Nick Saban go talk to uh, 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 Bill Belichick the guys who you know you, you everyone wants to compare Garrett to um, talk about you know, the Steelers. Like, look at the Steelers. They, dude, They've had the they same say the defense. same things. They all yeah, say the, the same, same defensive stuff. scheme every single year. So their scouts know exactly what to look for. Uh, they're not fooled. They, I mean, it's very rarely that they bust on a defensive pick because they know exactly what they want out of their players. It 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 takes a toll on your scouts when you're constantly changing your schemes and 
we've even seen this with the Cowboys right now. They, they We don't really know what they want in their 4-3 defensive ends because they've kind of flip-flopped over the last couple of years. So, Well, let's be I, clear. They just now got rid of their man corners that they had from their last defensive coordinator. Yes. Because that's how long it takes to turn over rosters sometimes due to the money that you give these guys. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think there's something to maintaining over the same, you know, the same system over a long period of time because it gives you stability year to year. And and when you change things constantly, trying to chase something that isn't going to appear in the amount of time that you're willing to be patient for, you're never going to have a solid organization. You're never going to be able to build something because teams, you know, what happened with the Cowboys in the 90s, like the way that happened is such a fluke and will never right. happen again. Because it's just teams aren't built like that anymore. It's about sustaining success, re- rotating these guys and getting them in, getting them out, and then doing your best to, to put yourself in a position constantly so that one of these times the, the tumblers fall right for you, you, you get hot at the right time, you're healthy, and then you're in the playoffs and then you, you go from there. Coming up still on today's show, we talk about whether or not Jason Garrett will be fired this year. Oh, my uh, God. Sean, I know. It's going to be great. Sean Lee and a question from at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll get to that one in a little bit, so stay tuned. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Matt Sopper wants to know, what will it take for Jason Garrett to get fired? We know he's going to get a pass this year regardless. Another year of this, or if they just miss next year, what do they have to do to fire Garrett? This guy does not seem happy with Jason Garrett. So what would it take for the Cowboys to actually fire Jason Garrett? I mean, I don't look, this question is so, (laughs) I mean, the question reveals so much about the questioner. Really, more than anything, right? Like, I mean, dude, you can't you can't be saying bad things dude, about our listeners now. No, but I mean, how do you phrase this, man? Like, you're phrasing this with the presumption that he needs to be fired. So now you're trying to work backwards from the presumption that he needs to be fired. So let's find a way, a reason for him to get fired. Like, what? what the, read the question again. Read the <laughs> question again. It, what will what it take it? for Garrett to get fired? So I mean, it, the idea is that you know. He's done all these things that are so fireworthy, and that he they're, he, they're, they're acting like he's Teflon Don, and you know, he's like he's, <laughs> he's Marvin Jeff Lewis. Fisher, like yeah, or Marvin Lewis, which is just not the case. Like I mean, look, I, I understand that people are frustrated, uh, but they lost three games in a row, and it was it was you know things were not ideal. I'm sorry, you know they also won like eight games in a row last year. And and he won and, and he won the awards. Where you know, things weren't were, ideal because they had a backup quarterback in. Well, uh, yeah, at the time, uh, you know what? It, it's just it's people don't want to hear that it's an eight and eight league, but it's an eight and eight league. You know that's what it is, and and the the parity is such that very few teams can handle multiple injuries uh, and compete with teams that you know have 
good health. Good health. It, it, I'm saying that the, the the parody is is clear at the beginning of the season, and then it, the table is constantly changing throughout the season, and and teams that are good become bad because of health reasons, and and teams that were bad become good because they the young players are getting better and figuring it out, and 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 the and the out the the outlook of the whole league constantly is changing and i guess the, the what i'm getting at is when there's so much volatility all the time and this is kind of just going back to what we just said you you need to have steadiness in your organization because good times are going to happen bad times are going to happen and both of those can wreck you if you if you if you lean too far if you believe either one of them uh too much um i think that if if that's the case, then, you know, if we're just going to, you know, give in to every whim and, and whimsy every single time something goes good or bad, we're going to fall to pieces and not be able to do anything right. So I, I just feel like the Cowboys have, have had some issues. I understand why the need to uh, be upset with, with the coaching staff for some of this. I, I think people need to kind of take a step back and, and reevaluate what is a fireable offense for a coach and, and what like, you know, you know, stop asking questions. Like what is it going to take to get this guy fired? Like they clearly don't want to fire him because they feel like he, he provides an advantage to their team. I'd say what you will about, you know, you know, how the game is called, how, how all the stuff that we see on TV they have way more information about what kind of head coach he is than we do. And and the guy that we see stand in front of that podium is not the same guy that stands in front of them behind closed door and meetings. Right. So, so I think I think we should just be careful about wanting to completely jump the gun on, you know, changing things up, changing systems, changing coaches because that's not a healthy way to fix problems uh, at least, you know, if you real if you're really concerned about competing immediately and you're just sick and tired of losing, then changing coaches and changing systems is not a, an immediate solution to that. So here's the thing: people were asking me on Twitter today whether you would fire Garrett if he had a Ben McAdoo type of season next year. I don't think that the Cowboys would do that because, to me, from kind of what I've heard, McAdoo actually wasn't fired because of his performance. It was more of his relationships inside that building from everything that I know, ab- everybody absolutely loves Jason Garrett. They think he's the, the right guy for the job. The players love him. I mean, look no further than Des Bryant and how Garrett's helped Des kind of change his life. Um, they respect him. I think a fireable offense is if your team is quitting on you and I don't see that. I mean, I know people wanted to say this team quit in like the, the second half of the Chargers game and the Eagle game. I don't think that's true. I just don't think, they're playing well but uh, if they're quitting on a coach or if they're just not developing talent and I don't see either of those here in Dallas so I don't expect Jason Garrett to be fired anytime soon even if they go through a small trout over the next few years all right this next question is from at Marcus underscore Mosher oh I like this guy Who? Uh, uh yeah it's a great follow on Twitter um would you consider moving Dez to the slot full-time next season so Let's let's picture that the Cowboys, they have an honest evaluation for themselves, and they feel like Dez just isn't explosive enough to win on the outside anymore. 
do they move him into the slot full-time in kind of the same way that Larry Fitzgerald plays in the slot now for the Cardinals? Uh, Anquan Bolden made famous for the Ravens. Um, do they consider that next year? Well, I mean, I mean, are you talking about like like a full-time thing? Full-time. You know, I think that, first of all, I think that he plays in the slot a lot more than people think he does. He does, and uh, I can actually um, tell you that in a second how often he does. I mean, so he's well. I mean, I, I mean, I, I guarantee you that it's, you know, probably a quarter of his snaps, most games. I would say at least. And I think he um, plays well there, though. I, I really think he. Yeah. He, no, he I think plays he does pretty too. well there. I, and I think that I think you know, especially you know, in routes where he has two way goes. Like, I mean, it's it, he's tough to beat. Um, but I, I, I think. I think that that's that's fine and that's well and good, but what you know, what are you doing on the outside? And, and here's the other thing about moving Des to the, the slot that that is problematic. I think is is formation is absolutely. You've got you know three players who basically operate exclusively out of the slot that you are, are trying to get the football. You know, and I mean, I don't know how much Switzer is part of necessarily the the game plan to get the football every game week in and week out that may change more and more but that but, is his role know, he, he's a slot but yeah player. but, but he's definitely role. not an outside guy let's be clear about that so uh, and then obviously Beasley and uh, Witten so you know they find a way they find ways to get Dez into the slot more but but when they do that obviously they they uh, they got to do something with those other guys or you know either take them off the field or in in, in in Witten's case, put him on the other side of the field, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that they they do manage to get them, uh, get him uh, slot looks uh, as they can. Um, I think that if you're talking about moving him there exclusively, um, or at least maybe trying to increase that ratio there, you, you need to have a plan for what you're doing for with Beasley and Witten as well, um, because otherwise. And and also, you know, I guess the question is, you know, it's it's not just about. I think that's the other thing is that people take it in the vacuum of of Des being in the slot. But the question then becomes, would you rather have, right, you know, uh, Noah Brown or Bryce Butler? Let's just say Butler, obviously Butler, Des and Terrence Williams on the field, or Des Cole Beasley and Terrence Williams on the field, or you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, once you put Des into the the middle of the field, you've got to obviously put another outside guy or a guy to, to play outside on the line. And if you're doing that, you know, what's – what's or you don't necessarily need to do that, but you need to have a plan where, you know, you have two Zs and a tight end and Dez is online in the slot and you've got, you know, maybe someone coming in formation – across formation and a, on a on – a, uh, on, on motion or something. I, I You know, you just – the thing about putting Dez in the slot is that you got to figure out what you're doing with the rest of the guys on the field and not just what are they doing, but, I mean, they need to be able to operate. Like, you can't just put Dez in the slot and say, run around and get open because, you know, what if he's not open? You know, you, everyone else needs to be able to fit in their jobs yeah. too. It's it's still a passing system. So, you know, it's not always as simple as let's just put Dez in this slot. It's, okay, if we put Dez in the slot on this play – who else can operate as the X on this play? What are we asking the X to do on this play? Can can Butler do that? Is that Butler's strength? Can we flip Terrence Williams? There's a lot of other miniature parts of that that go into that. So I think they do a good job of it. 
Uh, and I don't think it's un- impossible to move him to the slot more. Uh, I just think that, you know, like I said, all those questions are part of the equation when, when you plan on doing something like that. Yeah, so last year, uh, according to our friends at Pro Football Focus, uh, excuse me, this year, Des has run 124 routes out of the slot. That's quite a few, considering he's only played 544 snaps on passing down. So, so it's about a, uh, half, about, about a quarter is what I what, Yeah, yeah, so, yeah I mean, about a quarter. It's something like that, yeah. So um, I, I don't think that's going to happen this year. Uh, or 2018, I do think maybe in 2019, if they decide to draft another receiver, uh, maybe in the top 100, and they want to find out ways to, you know, maybe use his, use Dez's skill set as he starts to get a little bit older. I just think that's something to keep in mind. If you feel like Bryant's not as useful on the outside, I do think he can transition to that slot receiver and extend his uh, career by at least a couple of years. I think he would be very, very, very good in that role. Um, let's Real pause quick. first. Yeah, Real, go ahead. Real quick, before we move on, I, I will say this. If the idea is to not re-sign Cole Beasley after 2018, I think he's, he's up in 2018, isn't he? I Correct. Think that's right. Yep. One more um, left. Yeah, I think, you know, th- then maybe that's what your, your your plan is, is that, you know, I think the, obviously the, the obvious plan that everyone has is that Ryan Switzer just kind of takes that role over. But, but if he doesn't. If, if he doesn't and you like what Bryce Butler is giving you, or you like what Noah Brown's giving you on the outside, maybe that's what you do. Maybe you make Des your Larry Fitzgerald type um, and, and, and kind of start playing him on online in the slot more and see what he does. And, and, and maybe just don't re-sign Cole Beasley and start playing your outside guys a little bit more often. Yeah, so this, this offseason, I'm going to go look at every single one of Dez's targets from the slot to see how much more effective he and Prescott are from the slot. So maybe maybe it's not a move necessarily to help Dez, but instead to help Prescott. So just something to keep in mind throughout the offseason. But let's pause for a second so I can remind you guys to please go to iTunes, leave a five-star review for our show. If you leave a review and your Twitter handle, you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus Ed subscription. You will have access to NFL player grades, snap counts, and positional ranks, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, and charts, NFL draft coverage with PFF profiles and stats, PFF fantasy, DFS, and NFL draft articles, as well as team and player pages featuring Pro Football Focus's signature stats. Again, all you have to do is leave a review and your Twitter handle, and you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus ad subscription. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we've got time for one last question. Um, here's I like this one from Donry. Which player do you think would benefit the most from a positional change? Well, man, that's tough because we've seen them all change. It feels like I mean they've yeah. they've kind of all gone through a positional change. <laughs> um, huh. I'll say Byron. Yeah. I'll, I'll go first for you since you can. Okay, think. go ahead. I think it's Byron because I think when they drafted him, uh, when I graded him coming out of UConn, I thought he was a pure zone corner. 
Uh, I love the way that he can use his size uh, to match up guys on the outside. And we've seen him play well as a cornerback. I can remember his game last year against A.J. Green. I thought he was phenomenal as an outside cornerback. So if the Cowboys want to move him to corner and leave Chidobi Awuzie out there, I love that size and athleticism there. I absolutely love it. And then if you have Jordan Lewis as your slot corner, I don't think you need to draft another cornerback then. I think you're set. So I would say Byron Jones back to cornerback. Yeah, I still don't love Byron as as a corner. Uh, and, and, and a lot of That's it has fine. to do with the, the fact is that I, I think the stuff that you have problems with him at safety, you're still having to deal with at, at corner. You know, I don't have like, problems with him at safety. I really don't. I, I think people are over-exaggerating his struggles a little no, no, bit. I no, mean, no, but, uh, he's not I that th- bad of a tackle or, or a player. No, no, but I think you – know, no, you're right. I, I totally agree. But I think the, the, the things that he struggles with are the physical aspects of the game. And so I don't necessarily want him on the corner if they're going to run at him. And, and where, what he struggles with – I think it was Joey pointed out on Twitter uh, – was that you know when people run at him? That's that's what that's that's when he. I mean that's the issue. He's he's great at chasing down, and that's why I think he needs to play more in the back end. You know, I, I think that's really the. I mean, if you want to talk about the change, I don't know if it's a position change, but I think you know schematic change. I think Byron needs. I think that they just need to figure another solution out for covering tight ends, and they need to move Byron less uh, you know down in the slot because if you look at his his snap like allocation like he's you know he's listed as a slot corner a ton of times he's listed as a linebacker but but that's all because he's lining up wherever the tight end is and but in all these snaps you know like he's taken uh you know 400 snaps at, at safety but he's probably taken another 250 snaps at linebacker or s- slot corner which essentially is meaning that he's lining up down in the box i think with his athleticism and his speed and his football iq i want him on the back end you know he's he's explosive he can jump i i think that i think you you put him on the back end and let him let him do that and and, and, the, and where he tackles it well is chasing people down and drag dragging them down getting a hold but of what's him a more valuable position what is a more valuable position in this defense is it the safety or is it the cornerback because I think he's I, – if you can tell me he's a better player at cornerback, I'll leave him out there. But, I, yeah, I mean, I guess that's my point is that I don't think he is a better player at corner. I, I think that – I think that I, – I agree with your positional value question, though I would say that, you know, a, a topping free safety is extremely valuable but I don't think, as well. But he's not that, though. I don't think he's that rangy Earl Thomas safety. I really don't. Well, well, we I never mean, really I, seen – we never really see I, I him think, in that role very often, but I, that's what I mean. I think that's my point is that you know, look, he's played. I mean, go look at go look at his free safety snaps. Like he's played basically, you know, of his four hundred snaps, he's played like a hundred and like three hundred of them at free safety. Which you know, and it's just like it's. I, I just feel like they've. That, you know that 300 snaps out of you know 300 another 300 where he's been in in the the uh, uh, you know in in the box. I just feel like if they gave him more opportunity on the back end, that's where he would be able, his skill set it would 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 fit a lot better because uh, uh, it, it's just you know it, it would mask a lot of his deficiencies and it would allow some of the guys who you know you would also consider to move to, to safety. Who I think might be better fits a corner to play corner, like you know Chidobi Awuzie and 
and mm. and maybe even Xavier Woods, you know, like so I, I think that uh, not on the outside, but on the inside, I, I think that by I agree that Byron isn't playing the way I saw him playing in training camp. And to me, if, if I'm trying to explain what that difference is, the difference is, is that there just isn't as that as much of a physical element in, in training camp. So if, if the issue is him not making tackles you know, as solidly as we want, we need a guy where he's playing to be more physical, then put a more physical guy back there and let Byron do the stuff on the back end, which I think he does well. I think he does that as well as play corner. And I think there's other guys that play better at corner. So that's the way we're going to end this podcast with us both kind of agreeing that he's underrated, but disagreeing that of where he should play. So good job. We, we managed to answer all your guys' awful questions, but or not, uh, or, or just not answer them at all, frankly. Yeah. Some of them. (laughs) That's it for today's show. We will be back tomorrow to preview the Cowboys game against the giants. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you guys right back here tomorrow. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.